Hello and welcome. My name is Christopher Chandler. And my name is Chris Shower. And, and we, we are, are Generally, generally American. American. In our podcast, we discuss events, culture, whatever else we want from a generally American perspective. From our differing viewpoints, our goal is that we can offer others and ourselves nuanced opinions on fascinating topics related to the U.S. We invite you to be part of the discussion, and we hope that you'll stick around to see where the conversation takes us. So let's dive in. Chris, we made it to season four. We did. So so it's a new season. Um, yeah. And, Are you tired? Uh, yeah, I'm tired from the week. I'm definitely tired. Are you tired from the grind? The grind? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if there really is a grind in, in Germany. But before we get to that, we definitely have to talk about what we always talk about, which is the weather. The other thing we're tired of. At least I'm tired of it. Well, you're tired of the weather or you're tired of talking about the weather? No, I'm just tired of the weather being what it is. Well, what is it? So right now, the wind's howling outside my window. It's not exactly cold outside, but as winter likes to do in Billings, Montana, it's cold and windy, but not that cold, just gray and miserable. Uh... And then half the country is currently buried in a snowstorm right now. And as... Uh, returning listeners will know I do work in the transportation industry and uh, snow is bad for us. It makes everything more difficult. Uh, I mean, it's the same here in, in Germany. We don't really get a lot of snow, unfortunately. We had snow two weeks ago or about a week ago, maybe. Um, but it doesn't stick, so it just kind of melted, which, you know, really kills me. Uh, we get a lot of rain. Uh, Germany, I think, is more known for being gray than anything else kind of like england so as i always say you don't you don't come for the weather <laughs> you, you don't come to germany for the weather if you do you go to the south because you get a lot of snow there now it's been pretty cloudy pretty windy uh, stormy so yeah unfortunately but hopefully it's going to be spring soon I think I'm like, what, when does spring start, actually? When does the official start? Spring is March 20. Um, it can be anywhere from the 20th through the 22nd, depending on what the calendar says for that year. But usually it's the 21st. I love spring. Spring is my favorite season because it's it's the, the middle point between not being too hot and not being too cold. I definitely don't like summer because it gets up into like the 90s here. So, mm. and that's... Yeah, I enjoy that. No, I don't. It just kills me. We don't really get spring here. Sometimes snow continues into April. And then there's like a very, there's a small amount of time where it's nice before it gets really hot and the bugs all come back. Mm. So it it almost feels like a two weather state or a, oh. two, a two season <laughs> state sometimes here. Speaking of bugs, before we get onto our, our topic, do you say firefly or lightning bugs? Firefly. Oh, you do. Okay. I say both. Yeah, it's one of those like those regional differences. Like, do you say Coke or do you say like pop or do you say soda? Some people say well, so soda pop, but I've never. At said the that. risk of alienating everyone <laughs> out there, I'm gonna say lightning bug is dumb. Why? Because it has more syllables <laughs> and it's not alliterative. Oh, oh my god! <laughs> no, I like the word. I, I mean, that's the hill I'll die on for the week. No, I mean, I always said fire. I always said lightning bug, but I do like firefly, especially because of that song by owl city you remember that yep i do know that song yeah check it out i mean if you don't know it firefly by owl city it's a 
It was a big hit in the early 2000s. Anywho, so that was the the bi-weekly weather report. (laughs) And as we mentioned earlier, we're on a new season with a new we name. are we're continuing the grind yeah new name <laughs> new season new face. it never ends <laughs> yeah so the grind so what is the grind the grind is pain yeah <laughs> in america the grind is uh is the path to the american dream which comes harder by the day yeah uh, that's true so i suppose depending on who you talk to the grind is you know, you put your 40 hours in at your job, whatever, that's entry level, that's bare minimum, that's nothing, that's expected. And then after that, oh, you got to be, you know, you got to be making smart investments, you got to be, you have a, you got to have a side hustle, I was gonna you got to be that. working out, you got to always be on, in a constant mental space called the grind set. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that, like, because if you do like your bare, if you just do your 40 I wouldn't really call that, you know, like grinding. That's just like, that's the bare minimum. Well, I disagree with that. Really? People who are hard on the grind would say that. Okay. I don't know if I, I don't know if I necessarily grind, but that reminds me of a quote by Elon Musk from, I think it was like a year or two ago, where, where a reporter asked him why he worked so much. And he replied with, something to the effect that no one changed the world by working 40 hours a week. And so he sees it as his, uh, his life's goal, his life's mission to change the world. And you can't do that if you just, you know, work nine to five. Um, I, I don't know if I, if I just, I don't know if I agree with that. I definitely don't. And you know what a lot of people, I, I know what you're talking about. You know, what people said about that, that mm. makes it not does. It's not a one-to-one comparison. So say you work, um, you work a 40 hour week job. Yeah. You have a one hour commute to work. You have a one hour commute back. Mm-hmm. You have to clean your house, do your laundry, cook dinner. Maybe you have kids to take care of. Maybe you have other family obligations. That adds up a lot of time. If you're a billionaire, someone cleans your house, someone cooks all your food, like everything is done for you. It's a lot easier to work. Because all those other things that tax your time and your mental and physical energy are gone. Honestly, I never thought about it like that, but you're completely correct. Um, and see, I don't know if everyone needs to change the world. I think that's something that's definitely been sold to us, especially like with you know the American dream that everything you have, everything you do has to have some sort of like pinnacle or end goal, or it, it has to be like the be all end all. Um, mm. Well, it's a symptom of American American individualism, at least here, where, oh, you know, everyone's a very unique, special person. And, and that is true to an extent. But like you can all, you know, you're special. You need to go out and do special things. You need to make your mark on the world and change it. You can make it if you just work hard enough. <laughs> right. But, but realistically, like most of the time, what makes change isn't one person doing some amazing thing. It's hundred people doing a good thing together. Isn't that what accomplishing Gan- great? Isn't that what Gandalf said <laughs> in Lord of the Rings? I don't know. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gandalf, if I stole your thing. No, so so from Lord of the Rings, I know this is like a, like a big uh, excursion or a big deviation, but like 
Gandalf at the beginning of Lord of the Rings, he was talking to Frodo and Frodo was worried about like the evil coming back to the Shire. And Gandalf told him basically it's not about people doing like massive things. Like it's not about like one person doing one great thing. It's about everyone doing just their small part. And if you do your small part, then you can keep evil at bay. Then you can improve the world. And I think that's what you were saying. But I always, yes. think, I always think of American, that. Quote. Americans are not like that. And it's a big problem. I think Americans are, are, are kind of like cats. You know, like they, we like to do our own thing. And it's really hard to get anyone to, to come together collectively. Um, unless it's like on like a global scale when like yeah. it's about like war or like movies or like exporting American culture, stuff like that. Um, Have you ever tried to make cats cuddle? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could be dangerous. <laughs> like with each other, like you take two oh, or more cats yeah. and you push them into a small space and make them cuddle. I mean, no. Have you tried that? Oh, yeah. Oh. It doesn't work very well. <laughs> but yeah, so that's like, that's that's one of the things that really bothers me is it's, I am someone who really values, um, you know, like self-discovery, for lack of better term, you know, like really just, you know, developing your character, developing your person. But that's kind of goes against the grain, you know? So I feel like in the U.S., which is a very capitalistic society, uh, you are what you earn, you know, or you are what you do. So like the more you grind, the better you are. And that that to me is a very, I guess, I don't want to say toxic because that the word has been used like way too much. But it, I think it's a questionable mindset. I think, you know, you got to take the time to like smell the roses, as my grandma said. I mean, you know, I, I would I would say toxic is accurate because toxic toxicity wears away and erodes and rots things. When you're on that kind of path, succeeding or failing, like it, it takes a toll on you. Yeah, it, it's true. exhausting. It changes who you are as a person. Um, you lose relationships. Guess, it's certainly pretty toxic. Yeah, definitely. And like, I guess one of the re- reasons is like, why should you grind? I think you should grind and hustle for a while. You know, like maybe you're trying to work yourself through college, you know, work your way through college and, you know, working like doing an internship, you know, and then like doing like a side hustle grinding, you know, working like 80 hours a week just to get by it's okay for a while, you know, you can, maybe you can do that for like a couple of years, but I, I would contest that you shouldn't do that for like your whole life. You know what I mean? And some people see that as like a lifestyle, you know, like the more you suffer, I guess the better you are, so to speak. And yes. <laughs> I don't know how to put it like in good terms, but it's like you, everyone has to be productive. Like everything you do has to be you have to master everything, you know, and it's never just like, you know, just try, you know, I, I'm kind of guilty of like trying a, a thousand different things and never finishing anything. But as they say, uh, a, a jack of all trades, um, master of none. Um, but like the, the quote goes further. So it's like, because people think that's that's a very like a very negative thing but 
basically what it means is that it's better to have like tried many things as opposed to have only done one thing. And that's kind of how like I view myself. I don't know how you view yourself in, in that paradigm, but. I, I've definitely gone down a similar path with a lot of things um, professionally and hobby wise, but I did want to come back to something you kind of touched on for yeah. a moment is, is, you know, the obsession with suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've all heard the person, you know, you say, oh, wow, I'm tired. I didn't get much sleep last night. Uh, and I had to be up at eight this morning. Like, oh, big deal. I had to be up at six and I only got two hours of sleep. Oh and we just, we just, we just, in this country, we're so conditioned and trained to value suffering. Yeah. And it makes us a better person. Like, oh, I worked two jobs, 80 hours this week, and I averaged three hours of sleep a night. Like, stop your complaining. Yeah, I, I, I hate that position because it, people always try to act like they have it, I guess, worse like they're worse off than you do. It's sort of, I want to say like a race to the bottom, like who has like the most miserable life and they want to invalidate your position by basically saying like, stop complaining. My life is a lot harder as that's like some sort of like, like badge of honor, so to speak. But I, I don't know if I value suffering, but I think you're really correct. I honestly didn't really think about it that way until we started talking about it today. But I do feel like, I guess the American culture kind of fosters this mentality. It's like the more you suffer, the better you are. Like suffering is something to be proud of. You know, like I worked like 20 jobs (laughs) or whatever. Yes. And it self-perpetuates. Yeah, it definitely does. You know, because the ones who are successful, because for every 10 people who go on a 80 hour work week Mm -hmm. slaving away trying to get ahead trying to get that promotion trying to get whatever they're trying to accomplish maybe one of them succeeds and then that one might you know write a book or you know tell everyone like oh it works you just got to keep at it i i worked hard had no life for two years but then i made it yeah he has survivorship bias oh my god i was was him i was gonna say that that's survivorship bias yeah, so to him, that's all it took. Anybody could do it. But not everyone is going to be in a position where, and we don't like to admit this, but mm-hmm. there's one of the most important factors to being successful in life is luck. Right place, right time. Um, there are people highly skilled, highly qualified, working at McDonald's, and there are people who are moderately skilled, moderately qualified, working six-figure jobs sometimes it's just a matter of opportunity meeting the right person at the right time knowing the right person Mm -hmm. yeah definitely yeah i don't know if a lot of people know what the survivorship bias is but the survivorship bias is is basically uh well i'll let you explain it since since you mentioned so i i believe there was a comic i saw a while ago that explained it so if you line if you take a hundred confident people and you line them all up and you say we're going to draw one of your names out of this box and you're going to win a million dollars. And every one of these 100 confident people are like, I know I got this. I know I'm going to get this. I know I'm going to get this. Mm-hmm. One of them is going to be right. And one of them is like, I see. I knew it. I knew it. I was right. I knew it. So he is having his, um, 
all his beliefs validated yeah by chance mm-hmm. everyone else you're never going to hear from those other 99 guys again because they're going to go you know they're going to go into obscurity but this guy he, he just made it big and he's going to tell his story about how he just had to believe yeah yeah that's basically it is is survivorship biases you is you basically concentrate on the things that survived as opposed to the things that failed you know so if you have like a hundred people and two of them make it and two of them come back and you're like see you know like i you know i worked 80 hours a week and i did five jobs and now i'm a multimillionaire. and if you only concentrate on those two people but not like on the 98 that failed then the picture looks a lot different so and i think that's we have a lot of that in especially in american society where it's if you just work hard enough, if you just believe, if you just grind and hustle, you know, day in and day out, you'll be as successful as I am. And that's, mm-hmm. that's pretty much the American dream. And I like the way George Carlin put it because he put it is the, the American dream is called the American dream because you have to be asleep to believe it. And because like you're sold so many things, I, I don't know how you could buy it all, you know, unless you're sleeping. You know what I mean? But I do, I do value hard work. Like I do like being productive. I do like, you know, contributing to society. I don't want to just be like a leech. But Absolutely. But, but I think there has to be like a, we, I mean, you know, we invented the term, you know, like a work-life balance, you know. So, you know, one day we're, we're all not going to be here. And at the end of my life, I don't want to say, well, all I did was just work. You know, that's all I had was just work, work, work. And, and you gotta, you gotta have like a little fun. You gotta, like, like I said, you know, you gotta smell the roses. Absolutely. And one thing to think about, especially with these, a lot of these guys who've made it big and they're still working insane hours. Like th- think about every job you've ever worked. Mm-hmm. There are probably things at that job you enjoyed doing and you felt fulfilled doing them and you could see the value in it. And then, so maybe say 20% of your day, you're doing things like, I, this is really important. I feel like I'm making a difference. And the other 80% of your day, you're just kind of doing busy work, like things, you know, you have to do, you don't really get any fulfillment from. Mm-hmm. If, if you're like a big successful guy that's still working a ton, you're probably only doing the stuff that, well, you're probably the boss. So you're only doing stuff you think is like fulfilling, important. You get to call the, all the shots, you know. I, I think it's much easier on someone mentally and physically. Um, you might have a different kind of, depending on the kind of person you are, you might feel responsibility for keeping a whole operation afloat to keep you know, everyone else employed. But I, I would say at that level, it's easier to put in those hours. I, yeah, I think so. But I, actually, I, I agree completely wholeheartedly. I think it's false to expect that from people who are working for you, though you know yes also and of course if you're if you're a higher up or you're the you're an owner you're getting all the value from your labor and everyone else's labor like it's hard to convince like a 15 dollar an hour employee to put in the same hours as the owner who might be making 1500 dollars an hour you know? <laughs> but but does that justify them earning so much i mean that kind of deviates off off our topic but you know, I think, I guess with more money comes more responsibility is kind of like the deal. So, and I think there's a lot of shaming going around too. When you say like, oh, I just want to do my nine to five and go home. And for some people that's enough, you know, it's enough to just, you know, do your eight and then 
get out of dodge, so to speak. Yeah, I, I try to respect that. Mm-hmm. And so at my workplace, for a long time, I refused to put my work email on my phone and my home computer. Um, I just refused to look at it. That, that being said, I work in, you know, my job does have a performance bonus aspect. Like mm. the more successful I am, the more money I make. I am incentivized to, you know, keep it going. And sometimes, you know what? I, I'll i send a quick email after hours and, you know, make myself some money. Like it doesn't feel that bad. Nobody's forcing me to do it. And I am incentivized and it's all things I want to do. But that also being said, it also feels like I'm slightly thinking about work at all times. I feel the same way. <laughs> and that is, that is, that is why I think a good work life balance is important. I think it's much mentally healthier to just cut it off. Like I let, I, I left for the office at 4 PM today and I'm not going to think about it until 7 AM tomorrow. Yeah. I mean, I really enjoy my job. Um, I've been there for three years and I have work email, you know, I have access to all the stuff I need to do to do my work from home. And so sometimes it's really tempting to, you know, check your email and, and to see if you got any messages and see if, if, you know, if you got any notifications from your coworkers and whatnot. And no one's forcing me or you in this case to like do the work, but you, and that's kind of like a slippery slope. That's how people, that's how people become workaholics. <laughs> and and then your work just consumes you and i've i've met so many people who were so consumed by the work that they couldn't think of anything else and when i was a kid you know like i think work was like the worst thing adults could could have like adults hated work you know kids like being kids oh that's fun you you have time um you have all the time on your hands you have all the time you need as a kid you have no responsibility and when you're an adult you, you want you have to work and adults hate work. And so the concept that someone could become addicted to work was to me was kind of jarring. Like I thought adults hated work. Like how could they become addicted to something they hate? And then when I become an adult or when I became an adult, so now I'm an adult. And then I find work that I actually enjoy doing. Then you kind of realize like, I, now I can understand how people can become addicted. Now I understand how people can become workaholics, but you have to find some way to distance yourself from your work and just, you know, mm-hmm. sit back and, and, and take time to, to enjoy life. I was talking, at, so I had like a, an online lesson for Japanese the other day and I was talking to my Japanese teacher and she asked me, so if you had to choose between time and money, what would be like the most important thing for you? And I guess before I answer this question, I'd, I'd ask you, like, what is more important to you, like time or money? Like extending my life or just having more free time? N- like in general, like if like because um, because I guess to preface the question uh, in the way I, I told her is that uh, to a certain extent, uh, money is infinite. Like you can we can always create more money like, you know, inflation, <laughs> like you can literally print more money. Like money is uh, like an artificial concept that humans created. Like animals don't have money, for example, like, you know, monkeys and dogs. Like money is something completely human. Whereas time, time is something completely independent from people. So it exists whether, whether or not people are around. But money is, for at least for people, money is infinite, whereas time is finite. 
you know, because we all have 70, 80, 100 years on, on this planet. Whereas you can be like a billionaire or you can have like $20 billion, but you're never going to have more time so like no matter how rich someone is they're always going to have the same amount of time as i have and you always read these articles about like these rich people who are you know they they do their 80 they do 100 hours a week and they're super frustrated because they've spent so much time like gathering money that they don't really have time left for anything else and so my answer to that question for her was i prefer having more time than more money because uh, like you can always get more money but you can't get more time you know what i mean yeah yeah and so like i i I, I think that is the correct answer that being said i would answer differently mm -hmm. i i have been in positions in my life a few times where i've had much more time than money and i spiral in bad directions pretty quickly with too much time on my hands I, I'd like to have more free time, but I think for my own mental health, I need some sort of structure in life. That being said, if I didn't have a job and $10 million, uh, I'm probably going and traveling the world and doing cool stuff. I'm not just going to sit in my room being sad all day. I would, That's a big difference. <laughs> I wouldn't dispute that. I, I definitely wouldn't dispute that. I think we all need some kind of structure in our lives. I, I think this this idea of if you just sit around and have so much time, you'll, you'll, you'll do nothing. I think that's true for some people, but I think it, as long as you value personal development, as long as you value your friends and your family, you'll always find some way to use your time wisely, you know? And mm-hmm. as, uh, as, as my, my grandma also used to say, you know, I, idle hands do the devil's work. <laughs> so if you're just sitting around like with too much time on your hands, uh, that's that's not a good thing. I, I agree with you there, but you. you... Well, I I don't think that's going to be the same for everyone. No, but definitely not. For me, for me, it definitely. I mean, I've it's happened to me more than once, so I know I need some kind of structure. I know that I've like my creativity skyrockets when I have a lot of time, um, but I'm also someone who can structure themselves very well. At least that's the way I feel it. So I always use my time like very productively. Um, which is, I guess, something not always healthy because I can't. Oh, just, I would kill for it. Like to be productive, <laughs> being able to productively structure my time like that. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I, I really try because my my time is so precious, and like I said, one day all my time is going to be gone, and that'll be it. Like, there's nothing you can do will give you more time. Like we always say like, you know, oh, I just need a little bit more time or, you know, I need more time to do this. But realistically speaking, there's nothing you can actually do to like live longer. I mean, sure, some people live to be 70, some people live to be 80, some people live to be 100. But at some point, all your time is going to be gone. Like there's nothing you can do to artificially increase your, your time. Unless, you know, we get to like the whole matrix, then maybe. <laughs> well, I mean, being relatively wealthy and being able to afford a a healthy diet and good doctors will certainly makes a difference. True. True. But like you always see people who are more interested in chasing money than spending their time, like enjoying life. And for some people earning a lot of money is their life's goal. I would say like being rich, 
Like you always yeah. see. Well, these... it's satisfying watching numbers go up. Well, that's true. Yeah, I mean, just like with the podcast, I enjoy like seeing the comments. I enjoy seeing like the numbers and, and the stats. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's not the only reason why I do this. You know, I enjoy our conversations. I enjoy in- engaging in topics. So it's it's a, a a multifaceted approach, I would say. Right, and I and I think that also comes back. So one thing I was thinking of, have you ever listened to YouTubers discuss what their workflow for being a YouTuber is like? Uh, yeah, a couple. Yeah, I've also seen like what they earn. Like I've seen some of those mm-hmm. videos. So my experience, and I, I'm, I'm hoping you've heard something similar, is it's, it's actually a pretty long work week. Um, they, they spend most of their free time working on their videos. Mm-hmm. Um, you're kind of always dialed because, you know, you're, posting on a social platform so there's always comments people are tweeting at you stuff like that and it's stressful but it's very satisfying because you you have so many metrics to check to track you post something out you see numbers go up you know you see ad revenue go up and of course hopefully you're making something you somewhat enjoy so you're getting um creative satisfaction and I would say that's another example of like someone spending 80 hours a week being a YouTuber is not the equivalent of someone, you know, spending 40 to 60 hours a week working at a restaurant. Like it's very different. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with the quote. Like I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm basically like a quote book, but I'm pretty sure you're very familiar with the quote. Like if you, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life or something, mm-hmm. which I think is complete bull. It is. It is. And um, Tim Cook said, referencing this quote, you know, if you love what you do, you'll never work another day in your life because it's not work if you love it, which is just complete bull. What he said, and I'm completely in agreement with this, is it makes it at least easier. It makes it more bearable you know, to just do what you have to do. So if you enjoy being a YouTuber, you know, working 80, 90 hours a week, I mean, we all got to work, unfortunately. (laughs) So you might as well do something that at least brings you pleasure. And it it makes it easier to bear. Whereas if you hate working at McDonald's or if you hate working in a restaurant 50 hours a week, then it's not fulfilling, you know? So I think, and I would never shame anyone for, doing what they have to do to get by or you know doing their job i would never do that um no absolutely not i i've i've worked at a restaurant that's the reason i keep coming back to restaurant is because i've worked at a restaurant so have i (laughs) (laughs) i've I've worked at a restaurant i've worked at at mcdonald's um it's not fun like at all so there are satisfying aspects to it but it's not fun but you know you do what you have to do to get by and that's one of the reasons why I don't like a lot of like these people on Instagram or YouTube who really promote this lifestyle. If you got to hustle and you got to grind and, you know, you, you got to be super productive because they really, you know, they kind of really disparage against like the people who, who have a hard time in life, who, who work these jobs and don't have the know-how or the resources or like the networking to like build an empire. You know, mm. and it and they all say like, oh, if you just work hard enough, you can you can make it. But I would say someone working at a restaurant sixty hours a week is definitely working very hard. <laughs> I wouldn't say that they're lazy. But, yes, but they're not a millionaire. 
and you know what I've thought about this a couple times. I'm I'm jealous of some of these people, the people who like they they just keep grinding because mm-hmm. you know what? It's them increasing their standing in life and their wealth. That's their hobby. Like that's yeah. what they get satisfaction from. So they're they're able to say get off their nine to five job every day and go mm-hmm. door dashing three hours a day every day after work and it doesn't feel like more work it's like oh this is like my hobby i'm like getting time to spend doing the thing i like which is making more money like i'm jealous of those people like i think if, if i could legitimately tap into that headspace like like that'd be pretty cool but i get you know, a lot of people aren't like that and i think when those kind of people are interacting with more normal people mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like i don't get it what this is great like i'm just like making money why don't you want to be like me and there's a disconnect between how they think yeah i i I agree with you i think we would have to really examine like why we would be jealous of people like that and i think it's because we live in a society that tells us we should value those kind of things well i'm just jealous because i it feels like they got things figured out they're at least somewhat enjoying themselves and while they're enjoying themselves, they're making money. That's true. That's true. Um, but I think people have stuff figured out and enjoy themselves by doing like non-money related activities. But at the end of the day, you know, money rules the world. And it's always about people who have it and don't have it. And uh, unfortunately, you need it. Like you you need money to, to get by. I wish for a world where, I don't want to say where there was no money, but that it, at least it wasn't necessary, you know? but that's, yeah. people are talking about like passive income or like uh what is like universal income i think is the term and then there's like the fear of like well if we had like universal income then no one would work anymore which I some think, wouldn't no of course some wouldn't but there are some people who don't work anyway <laughs> yeah like that's the per- like the whole point the whole point of it is we don't want to live in a society where we just tell people that don't want to or can't work that they should die. Yeah, I think so. And I think it would tip the scales, which is why a lot of people are against it, you know, and it would free up so many people from all these like slave wages where you work, where you earn next to nothing, basically. Well, even if they stayed at those jobs, um, they just have more thousand dollars a month would make someone a lot mm-hmm. more comfortable. Yeah, and I think that's and you'd be, you'd be more into you know you might make some more purchases, you might move into a nicer place. Mm. Although that being said, in this market, that's pretty hard. Yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty <laughs> that's that's pretty true. Yeah, but I think people should you know follow their heart. I know that sounds super cliche, but you got you got to follow your heart. You got to do what makes you happy. And for some people, like you said, they really enjoy the grind. They really enjoy the hustle. They really enjoy, you know, working 90 hours a week, networking, uh, you know, a six-figure salary and whatnot. There are some people who really enjoy that. My only qualm is that the people who, who, who grind, the people who hustle, tend to shame those who don't, as if, like, they're wasting their time or they're wasting their potential when, as you said everyone has like different priorities and there's often like a disconnect with like these different head spaces. So mm-hmm. it's, it, I don't think we should try and force everyone into like the same mindset. And 
Yeah. Well, and I think it's also kind of like the survivorship bias. Like yeah. someone starts doing that and they're like, oh, wow, I'm having a great time and I'm making money. Why is everyone not doing this? Yeah. And, then and, they... and I'll be honest with this. Uh, a few years ago when I was um, really focusing hard on losing weight for myself, mm-hmm. I had this mentality of like, oh, why is everyone not doing this? This is easy. And I was like trying to control that thought in my brain. It's like, well, if it was so easy, why didn't you do it five years ago? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that yeah, that's true. Um, that that reminds me of what my teachers used to say to me here when I was going to school, which was once like because they were explaining something really complicated about like math or biology or like uh, computer science, and they and they would always say, "Oh, don't worry. Uh, once you understand it, it's easy, or or it'll be easy once you understand it." Something to that effect, which to me was kind of like a throwaway statement, you know. Because if you understand it, then it is easy for you. Like you understand, you don't understand things that are complicated. You understand things that are easy because by understanding them, they become easy for you. And I know it's, it's a bit convoluted, but uh, yeah, there's, it's always, well, if I can do it, why don't you? And, and people never consider the other person's position and like, what are their resources? What are their abilities? Like maybe they're just happy with the way their lives are and they just need a little bit more money. Like not everyone wants to be like a billionaire. I mean, I don't. I mean, it's, I suppose if if it was offered to me, I'd say yes, but I I think it's, you you always hear stories about what happens to people that suddenly come into money. Yeah. I think it doesn't go well a lot of the time. That's true. I think it's a gift and a curse. I think people view like wealth, they only see the positive, you know, like they see these people, they see their glamorous lifestyle. They see how much money they earn. They see the cars they drive, you know, you know, the partners they have, or the, you know, like the fancy clothes, but they never see like the negative. And like, I always tell my wife, for example, is if, if money makes people so happy, then why do all these rich people look like they're so miserable? They have, like they have the same worries as we do. It's just on a different scale. You know, I guess like a closing statement uh, before we get out of here is I was reading an article the other day about like Kanye and like Kim Kardashian and how they're going through like a custody battle, you know, like who gets the kids. And I think that's something that a lot of people, irrespective of their, their wealth can relate to which to me signalizes that these people, no matter how wealthy they are, at the end of the day, they're just like us, you know? And I find that to be incredibly comfortable or comforting. So that's, yes. that's my, my last thought. I'll give you the last word before we go. So I'll kind of spring off that. You, you see billionaires that, you know, they don't look like they're super happy. They're bored. Mm. One thing you have to keep in mind about humans is that we are incredible at adapting. We can get used to anything. So if you go, if you're poor and you got to eat cup ramen every day for a week to get by once a week, you know, you'll, you'll adapt to it. And the same goes for the other thing. If you're eating a five Wagyu every day for dinner, eventually you're just going to be like, Oh, this is fine. Like it's not going to be that exciting anymore. And I think the same kind of thing happens to billionaires when you can afford the finest of everything and you always have the finest of everything. It just becomes average. You it's not bad. It's just, you're used to it. But what do you do 
when you've had the best of everything and now you're bored of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, that's. And and I think a lot of that is why you'll see, I mean, the most recent example being squid game of like stories where like, Oh, these rich people have like, they're so dulled to life because they've had the best of everything forever that they need to just like watch poor people kill themselves for, for entertainment. Or, (laughs) I mean, uh, I was actually watching uh, an anime called Kaiji lately with uh, some of my friends and it has a similar thing. It's like, Oh, well, these rich people are bored. Let's, Let's throw some money at some poor people in debt and see what they'll see what they'll do. Yeah. Will, they, will they walk across this high beam and die if they fall? But if they cross, they get their debts wiped away. Will they do it? This will be fun. Yeah, it's pretty gruesome. <laughs> it is. It is. With that being said, yeah. So yeah, I think I'm good. I think right. we did it. All right. Season four, episode one. Thanks for coming <laughs> along, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen to our podcast. We hope that it was informative and that we were able to expand your worldview, even if only just a little. We always welcome feedback, comments, and constructive criticism. If you'd like to provide us with any, please reach out to us at our Discord or email address, both of which will be listed in, in the description. Thanks again for listening, and until next time.